It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now it's time for the BetMGM MLB podcast, powered by BetQL, with Ryan Horvath and Cody Decker on the BetQL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome, welcome, welcome to BetMGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL. And today is a special episode. Why is it a special episode? Is it because Ryan Horvat is sick? He is not, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to Ryan. He is actually healthy, but he does have meetings today, which means stepping in, pinch hitting, dare I say, my main man, my former co-host of Bet for the Cycle. Should I say former co-host? The show has technically not been canceled, so maybe it'll be back next year my man rob brown how you doing rob listen it is just your standard 42 weeks off (laughs) i I mean every one of us gets a 42 week vacation that's all we're doing right now we will please be back next year and better than ever uh but with hate ass mario floating around in the background I am really glad the band is back together for a day, Cody Decker. Me too. And you better believe we're bringing Mario in multiple times during this podcast today because we got to make fun of somebody. And that man is Mario, hating ass himself. Guys, we got so much to cover. We got, of course, this week's slate of ball games. We got ourselves ball games tonight as we currently sit here on Tuesday. Not to mention, we got a lot of playoffs to talk about because as much as you want to sit here and pretend that October is all said and done, it ain't. Why is it not close? NL East isn't isn't finished yet. There's a lot to be said about the NL East. Separation of one game between the New York Mets and Rob Brown. Your Atlanta Bravos. Man, this is getting really exciting. And here's the thing, though. And I want to touch on this first. Not just because you're a Braves guy, but because I want to talk about why it's extremely important for the Mets to win their division and not as important in my eyes right now that the Braves win their division. But as we currently sit here and stand, it's one game separating the two, and they do have a three-game series left in these last 10 games. What do you think, Rob? What do you think about your Braves? Are they going to pull away with this division? I mean, there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is Spencer Strider is going to miss one, maybe two more starts. And Hurts. he has been exceptionally good. Uh, the good news is that Abby Al- Ozzie, Alsby- Ozzie Albies, I can do this. It's been three weeks, Rob, <laughs> that Ozzie Albies uh, is eligible to return from his DL stint tomorrow, which will get him back in time for a tune-up game if he plays tomorrow with the Nats and then mm-hmm. get back into the lineup against the Mets. So the question is, do you want him to? Because when he came off the DL stint earlier this year, 
there was about a week, week and a half long window that it took him to ramp back into shape. So you almost kind of don't wonder, do you leave Vaughn Grissom in the lineup where he's been playing well? Is there somebody else you move out to get Ozzy warm back up? But all of that aside, Wait, real I quick, but before think, we move yeah. on from that, I, I want to put a pin in that. Please don't lose what your spot is. I actually want to ask you that. But you just mentioned Vaughn. Is he the reason that the Braves are winning? Because I'm going to venture and say, no, I'd rather have Ozzy Albies back in there getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I think the easy thing is to say yes. But the question becomes, and I'm, I'm excited to hear your take on this. The question becomes, how important is it to be the two seed versus going in as a wild card team, mm -hmm. having the extra series and playing the NLDS on the road instead of at home? Mm -hmm. uh, Ozzy Albies had that slow start when he came back from the preseason DL stint, and it took him a little while to ramp up. We've seen other guys do that. On the flip side, he is a better player than Vaughn Grissom when he's in form. So the question is, can he come off of a multi-day DL? Mm -hmm. Can he have a one-game tune-up against the Nationals and be ready for the Mets? Because I do think that if the Braves, who have to clear the Mets to be able to move on, if the Braves are going to get that two-seed, I think they've got to be basically perfect. I don't know if they can give away another game. They might create a situation where they can take two out of three away from the Mets and be okay. But I think they've got to finish the three-game sweep of the Nationals today and tomorrow. I think they've got to end the season with a three-game sweep of the Marlins in those last three games in the first week of October. And I think they can't do any worse than two out of three against the Mets. So it's uh, – it's going to be a decision that Brian Snickers got to sit down and make as to whether he wants to plug Ozzy back in. That being said, the good news is uh, Bryce Elder coming in has been exceptional, filling in for Spencer Strider. Yes, so the has. good news is the Braves pitching is actually throwing the ball pretty well. They've yeah. just got to figure out how to start winning and stop losing those one nothing 2-1 ball games. If they get up to 8-9 runs, they're killing it right now. They just can't seem to put away teams when there are small numbers on the scoreboard, and I suspect uh, that's going to come into play later on. That being said, I, I, I do think the Braves have to be almost perfect all the way to the end if they want a shot at grabbing that two seed. And I want to make this abundantly clear. One game difference is a big, big deal going into this. And it and why I wanted to say, and not wanted to say, I actually said before we got into this little conversation, there is a reason. And I probably have already said it ad nauseum on this podcast, but I might have even said it to you when you co-hosted with me a couple of weeks ago. But I'm going to say it again, even though I'm com coming off as completely a broken record. But listen, the Mets need to win this division. Why do they need to win this division? Because if you take that Mets team and you put them in the wild card spot, that means to win a two of three game series, what two pitchers have to pitch? Uh, that would be DeGrom and Scherzer, I believe. So you are burning the two best pitchers in Major League Baseball to go into a road series, potentially against a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers. That is about the worst thing you could possibly tell somebody. And this is not about Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's a great pitcher. But if you're seriously telling me the Mets, the Dodgers are going to go ahead and face the Mets in the NLDS and they don't have to worry about Scherzer or DeGrom until game three, the Mets might as well not even show up. The Dodgers are sweeping the series. No, I, I, I agree entirely. And it's part of the reason that I have pushed that. Uh, I, I understand the tape because Scherzer and DeGrom 
to an extent, are the Mets, right? Like, Mm -hmm. as go the first two guys in the rotation, go the Mets. The Braves not really as reliant on their front-end pitching as the Mets are. I still don't want to have to go to the number three and four guy for games one and two on the road at LA. I don't care what team in major league baseball you are. You don't want to have that format. So uh, look, the Braves need to be perfect. The, the, the Mets, I don't know that they need to be perfect. They just got to be better than whatever Atlanta is going to do that three game series, by the way, right up the road in truest. I'm pretty sure I'm going to find a way. Although keep in mind, this is going to be interesting as we, you know, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, and we've already got uh, South Carolina has moved their Saturday night football game to Thursday. Clemson's game is Saturday night. There's talks about whether that might get bumped up or postponed because we've got the remnants mm-hmm. of that hurricane coming through. Atlanta is in line for that as well. Now, they're a little further to the west, and if this thing keeps jogging to the east, it may have no impact at all. Mm-hmm. But that series against the Mets is a right around the time that Ann will be kind of in that vicinity. If that hurricane reeks over and jumps over east to Atlanta, I don't know what that means. I don't know if they would postpone and stick those games on to the end of the sea. I don't know how any of that works. But all I know is the Mets and Braves, the Braves have got the Nats and the Mets are at the Marlins, and then they'll flip those opponents to wrap up the series with the three games in the middle. Yeah. With 162 games, I never want to be the guy that says it comes down to a game. But Cody Decker, it does come down to three games because Mm -hmm. that three-game series will more than likely, at least for the Braves, determine who is not going to Los Angeles in the DS. Mm -hmm. And man, oh man, is this getting exciting because as much as we could sit here and we could probably do an entire podcast only about the Braves and the Mets right now. Honestly, I could talk about this for hours upon hours, but I do want to get to another thing before we do that, because as exciting as the NL East is, I'm actually very excited about what's taking place with the NL wildcard, because as much as we counted out the Brewers, they ain't dead yet. And they ain't dead because the Phillies and the Padres are just disasters and someone doesn't want to make the playoffs. And, and I've asked this question. I asked this question last week to Ryan Horvat, and I'll ask it to you. If there was a team that is currently holding one of those wild cards that you can see falling out of it, who is it? Is it the Phillies or is it the Padres? In my opinion, it is the Phillies. And the reason being is their defense and their pitching. The Padres pitching can carry them. Their offense, however, as loaded as it currently is, even without Fernando Tatis Jr., is really leaving a lot to be desired. It is a problem over there in San Diego. And it's even written down here on the rundown. Hey, overreactor makes sense. Are the Padres the biggest stay away come playoff time? Yeah, I ain't putting a penny on the Padres when they get into October. I think they're going to get into October, but they are still in danger of falling out. I again will reiterate, I think their pitching will carry them enough and get them in over the hump. But man, even though they're going to make October, can you say, would you agree that the Padres, even though they're going to make the possibly make the playoffs, they got to be one of the top three biggest disappointments of this season. I'm going to say the biggest disappointment next to the Chicago White Sox. You know, I go back to there. There used to be this really incredible show on the BetQL network called Bet for the Cycle hosted by two of the most handsome gentlemen in America and also Mario. I want you to know something about that show. There was a co-host on that show who had a patch of hair removed from his chest. I'm told it has grown back. You know, I don't even know that I've checked the leg in a number of weeks. (laughs) Hang on, let me see here. Let's see. Yeah, there's a little 
there's a little peach fuzz down there. We're, no, we're getting back. back to normal. We're getting back to normal. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, while you were talking about that, I, I went and looked. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At the Phillies and the Padres. The Phillies are coming up after, and by the way, going two and two against an Atlanta team that's fighting for their lives right yes. now is respectable it out is. of Philly. They've got a series coming up with the Cubs. They've got a series coming up with the Nationals. And then they wrap it up with a three-game series against an Astros team that uh, is, is obviously uh, quite a talented baseball team, but is also an Astros team that at that point probably won't be fighting for their lives. They are well clear of the Yankees for the one seed. The Phillies, by way of not having the Dodgers and the Giants at the end, two teams that I, I assume are going to give everything they got to the Padres, the Phillies, by way of having an easier out to the schedule, might be the team that I would put the money on hanging on to that last wild card spot. I like it. I like it. Well, here's another overreactor makes sense question. Mariners. The Mariners, who I love and I'm rooting for. You know what? I, I'm going to actually put this out there into the universe right now. The two teams I'm rooting for this October, who do you think they are? One of them is the Seattle Mariners. I have been on record many, many times, and I will not be quiet that I am overly rooting for the Seattle Mariners. Who do you think the other team is? It's got to be the Chicago White Sox based on the beginning of the season, right? I'm not rooting for the White Sox. I hate that team. I hate that team. I despise. I know, I'm just never, never going to miss an opportunity to make despise. a Cody loves the White Sox joke. It's despise. my favorite thing. I hate you, White Sox, for what you have done to me and done to everyone on the South Side. No one should ever root for you again. No, not the White Sox. In fact, I'm going to say it, the exact polar opposite of the White Sox. Baby, go Guardians. I'm a Guardians guy. This team is resilient. They're fun to watch. They play the game right. And when I say play the game right, that does not mean stuffy and boring and they put their head down and do their job and they punch in the clock and all that nonsense. No, they just put the ball in play. They force defenses to make them get out. They play the game hard, which is something you can't say about the Southsiders in Chicago. No one decided to run through a bag all season long. So trust me when I say this, I like what the Guardians did. And they did it with a skeleton crew. They traded away their entire team and they're making the playoffs. You know what? This is a team that can go into October and accidentally cause some serious havoc. Oh, I agree. Uh, we we kind of started paying attention. It was interesting to watch the metamorphosis of our opinions on certain teams throughout the course of the year. The White Sox came in. I remember uh, week zero of bet for the cycle when I told you guys I did not see the White Sox as a World Series favorite, and you and Mario both clowned on me at that I point. I thought you were an insane person for what yeah, you were saying out loud. I, I, I still I, think I, you're insane hearing it now, knowing what the White Sox have. <laughs> I still don't understand what happened. I remember saying that, and I watched the reaction on the face of Cody Decker and hate Nas Mario, and I was like, well, I guess I'm only hosting the pilot of this show because these two guys are going to get me canned out the gate. No. Um, the Guardians' attitude 
is what I expected out of the White Sox, right? Like I was team White Sox because of America's favorite baseball player, Tim Anderson, and the, you know, hey, we're just out there to have fun. And then they just didn't do that, right? Like they just didn't do any of that. It's like, it's like watching a heel turn from your favorite professional wrestler when he turns his back. It's like Shawn Michaels super kicking Marty Jannetty. Yeah, let's be real quick. That that was, this is what the White Sox did to us. They they barbershopped us through the yeah. window. The at the biggest heel turn of all time. You just mentioned Tim Anderson, the baby face among baby faces. Do you remember Tim Anderson? I can't pick him out of a lineup. When was the last time you saw Tim Anderson? Who is he? Uh, Last time I saw Tim Anderson was when he showed up on Twitter calling hating ass Mario, hating ass Mario, Yo, and naming him a nickname that will stick around forever. So as far as I'm concerned, Tim Anderson, you go off, King. You will always be royalty <laughs> anywhere I'm doing radio for the record. Uh, look, I I don't know what the white what would happen to the White Sox. If you could take the mentality of the Guardians and put them on the White Sox, that would be a team that would contend with the Yankees and the Astros. But they're just mm-hmm. they're just not. And I I I kind of got to the point where I was almost tired of pinning it on the manager. I was almost tired of pinning it on sleepy, sleepy nap time in the dugout uh, because at some point you got to have a little damn pride to be a major league baseball player. And I just never felt that out of the white Sox. Uh, the guardians are exactly like you said, they're, they're, they're fun. They're energetic. They play the game hard. They got told all season long. Not only are you not a postseason team, but you're going to end up being third place in that division. And all they did was go out there and win it in the face of everybody, myself included, to own it. Um, There will be a soft spot in my heart this season on the AL side for the Cleveland Guardians. And real quick, shout out to Austin Hedges, who is an ex-teammate of mine, who I've known since he was 17 years old. I love Austin Hedges. Austin Hedges is an above-average defensive catcher. Is he allergic to wood? Occasionally. But I think even Austin Hedges would admit that. He's not the strongest of uh, offensive threats, but he's very good at handling a pitching staff. He's very good at leading a ball club. And this is the year that – here's the thing. I always looked at kind of Austin be a little goofy because he's like kind of one of those rah-rah type of leader guys. And, you know, I love the guy to death, but it's so overtly – sometimes over the top as if you're speaking to Captain America half the time that you can't take him seriously. I changed my mind this year. I every what Austin Hedges has brought to the table this year, not to mention that he should be everyone's fa- he could hit 050 for the rest of his career. The interview he gave to Chris Rose the other day describing how the fans in South Side of Chicago were getting on them for quote, they kept saying we had small wieners. <laughs> he actually said that he's like yeah a woman was yelling to our dugout that we had small wieners and you know you kind of have to appreciate the south siders for this <laughs> i just lost it i'm like i love austin hedges now this is the best austin hedges earlier this year going off on umpires did you know that he hacked into pitchcom to add a quote and i'm gonna say it because i already used the f word once in the show so why not use it again he put a fuck yeah button on there a button that he could press instead of calling a pitch, it says into Pitchcom, fuck yeah, to compliment the guy for making a good pitch. Austin Hedges, I salute you. Austin Hedges, I, uh... you have grown into exactly who I hoped you would be, a superhero. You, sir, are Captain America. I, 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 
I need to go find that story. And, it's amazing. And he says it to Chris Rose. It's it's really good. I know I know I shouldn't be giving shout outs to com, uh, competitors, but my God, it's the greatest. It's the greatest no, no, no. things ever said out loud. That's not that's not a shout out. That is well deserved and earned recognition for being an American <laughs> hero for just a moment. I own. Like, I own a bunch of jerseys, right? And, and ordinarily, it's for my radio career where I do some work for the team, and, you know, they'll make me a jersey. I'll get one personalized, et cetera. Uh, I think I own right now two player jerseys. I've got a Michael Jordan jersey from the 90s, and I've got a Drew Brees jersey from the Super Bowl run. That alone might make Austin Hedges jersey number three that I was to buy and then just replace his name with bleep yeah on the nameplate. The that is an exceptional story. It's great. I, I just got to tell you, Austin Hedges, not only do I love you off the field because I've, I've loved you forever, but man, you just, you've become the ball player that I've always wanted you to be, and that's just phenomenal. All right, uh, we brought this whole di uh, diatribe out because do you think the Mariners have a shot this October? I think they got a chance, but at the end of the day, I don't think anyone in the American League is getting through the Astros. The Astros are just that much far ahead of everyone else in the division. And barring a miracle, the Astros are going to the World Series. Yeah, I would uh, I would like to say yes, because obviously I want as many good teams in the postseason. I want it to be as entertaining of a postseason as we can. But an Astros-Yankees ALCS feels inevitable. I'm not ready to say that the Astros are guaranteed beating the New York Yankees, because over the course of the season, sure, but a seven-game series, who the hell knows? And, and and I think the Yankees, for whatever reason, have gone to sleep a little bit towards the end of the season. I don't wonder how much of that is, okay, we're the two seed. Like, we're not getting caught, but we can't catch anybody else either. So let's just kind of coast into the offseason and give ourselves a break. Uh, that being said, as much as I have also – I have – I have like by proxy, like gotten the Seattle contact high off of Cody Decker. And I mean that metaphorically for the bosses who are listening. Uh, uh, they're, they're not there yet. That being said, a year or two from now, the Seattle Mariners team could be the team that we've been looking for to, to get that new young fan base back invested in the game. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, the extensions that this team has already made. Julio Rodriguez. Castillo that they just extended this week. This team is committed to winning going forward. Not to mention, I know a lot of members of the Angels front office. Guess what team they've been scared of for the last couple of years? They've been scared of the Mariners, not the Astros, because they know what the Mariners have in their farm system. What do they have in their farm system? Right here. Arms after arms after arms. Guess what the Angels don't have? Anyone that knows how to throw a baseball, with the exception of Shohei Otani. Um, listen, we got to touch on Judge real quick, and I got a very controversial thought here. He has been sitting on 60 home runs now officially for one full week. This is the biggest home run drought that Aaron Judge has had all season long. And he's not not hitting the ball. He's hitting line drives. He's barreling balls up. He's doing really well. Um, but here's the question for you. Does he get it soon? And here's my take. I hope he doesn't. I want him to finish at 60 at this point. You know why? Because I think it would be funny. That way I can make fun of Aaron Judge and be like, oh, 60, huh? That's it? That's all you got? Triple crown? Couldn't get to 61, huh? Couldn't tie that Maris guy? All right. All right. Sorry about it. I would find it funny. Do I think he should hit 75? Yes. Do I kind of want him to stay at 60? A little bit.
I uh, I'm not mad at that uh, because I I I know that you're a sadist, so it's yes. it's completely unsurprising to me that you would revel in the misery uh, of Yankees. And it's Yankees not about Judge. Thank you. That's that's yes. the well, answer. I know. It's I know not exactly. for Aaron Judge. It's I knew for... exactly the direction. It has nothing to do with Aaron Judge Wish and the best. everything to do with the fan base surrounding Cody Decker literally as we sit here and chat. Um, look, he's he's going to get it, yes, and here's he why. I, I loved Kevin Gossman the other day when he got asked about basically pitching around Aaron Judge, and he said, I didn't want to be the answer to a trivia question, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody somewhere between now and the end of the Yankee season is going to go, if he gets me, he gets me, but I want to put the final K on the season on Aaron judge. And they're going to go pitch at him and it will be a mistake. He's going to get it at some point. I don't have any doubt about it. I, uh, I don't know because, and we talked about this on my show uh, earlier this week, which you can find the podcast at thefanupstate.com. search for the oh, Rob Brown show, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, we talked about this on the show earlier this week. Cody Decker, I very vividly remember the summer where McGuire and Sosa were chasing down that Roger Maris 1998. Record, right? I remember and where I, I was when the home run was believe, hit. 100%. I genuinely believe it was the best thing to happen to baseball yes. in years. It was. Everybody was tuned in and watching. Everybody was watching that chase from those two guys running down Roger Maris. Aaron Judge in doing it by himself and him doing it by himself as a New York Yankee, right? Like if he played for the Mariners or the Angels, I think there would be a lot more national excitement about it. But watching him struggle at 60, in fact, I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, Clemson Wake Forest was the biggest football game happening in our region on Saturday night. It was two ranked top 25 ACC teams, a double overtime game. DJ Uyunglele was playing great football. And the people in my, we're 45 minutes north of Clemson. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The people in my sphere, in my, my little broadcasting world here in Greenville, were livid that ESPN was cutting into their Clemson-Wake Forest game to watch individual Aaron Judge at bats, especially when he went 0 for 3 with the walk in that contest. Mm -hmm. People were livid about it. And I asked the question, is this an indictment on Judge, the Yankees, or has baseball fallen that far out of the appreciative eye of American sports fans that we have this moment where this six foot seven, 285 jackhammer is trying to set a record that we will talk about for the rest of our lives as fans? And they're like, I'd rather watch third and nine out of Clemson in the third quarter of a game. What it like, where is that coming from? Why are people not more excited about this? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll explain exactly where that came from. Major League Baseball created MLB Network. That's where it came from. I'm, I'm not kidding. 
There's a reason why ESPN doesn't have baseball shows anywhere because they can't compete with MLB Network's baseball shows. So they decided to stop covering baseball and it's leaked into the entire sports narrative. So whenever you see a major company talk about baseball, they're like, well, we got to fix baseball. If I'm the GM of baseball, I'll fix it. If I'm the commissioner of baseball, I'll fix it with this. Baseball doesn't need to be fixed. You know what needs to be fixed? How the networks are covering it. They don't put people on TV that love baseball. And when they do, they don't let them talk about baseball. It's just kind of, it's kind of a thing. Um, And it started, it started ESPN years ago. So we asked this question. I, I've you've probably seen me complain about this on Twitter, where you can follow me, dear listener, at the Rob Brown Show. I'm the king of shameless self-promotion today. Uh, I said this on Twitter last Wednesday. Uh, the Braves had a big time series. The game was on at noon on a Wednesday at Truist in Atlanta. And I got pumped and I flipped on MLB net. And the game was blacked out, right? Like Problem. that game's on MLB. Should never, should never happen. Everywhere, except where the Braves play. Now, I, I, I might even understand it to some degree. Like in the city of Atlanta, I am two and a half hours away from Truist Park. Mm-hmm. It is Wednesday at noon. I am very sorry that I could not purchase a round of tickets for this one. Uh, I had a guy text the show. And say, Rob, here's the reality. The reality is baseball has made it almost intentionally difficult to not just watch games, but then to watch all the things built around games that would get you excited about games. And I went back to when you and I were setting up uh, for our Saturday shows during the course of the season, and I would put on the net. This is not a blast at MLB Network. It just is what it is. Uh, I would put on the net getting ready for, hey, man, here's today's schedule, here's breakdowns, here's lineups, here's pitching matchups, et cetera. And I'd tune it in, and they'd be interviewing Ronald Acuna asking what his favorite flavor of Gatorade is or or what bubble gum Aaron Judge chews when he goes to the dish. And I'm like, you are making it more difficult for me because when I can sit down and watch baseball – you're not you're not giving me baseball. You're 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 giving some social media influencer talking about bubble gum and and and, and Gatorade flavors. Yeah. When I want to know what the hell's the pitching breakdown and what are the splits between the two guys going today for the Braves. And then when the Braves do play, you black it out so I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. And my only option becomes, well, do I want to risk going to find an illegal stream somewhere or paying my regional network an absurd amount of money to watch? a limited amount of baseball when they're at home only it's, it's just maddeningly frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I, I think this Aaron judge thing and the fact that nobody seems to be nearly invested as I think they should be is probably that coming to fruition. Okay. Now here's a couple of things that I want to touch on, on that. I agree with just about everything you just said, just probably everything. You just said one, the blackouts in major league baseball is unforgivable Two, major league baseball's content that they create around the game is, is borderline unwatchable. Um, three, they, when they think about trying to make the game more accessible, they just do goofy things rather than just say, make the game more accessible. Um, in the last three years, major league baseball's contracted minor league baseball and professional baseball within the United States by 50 teams. Thus you're taking baseball out of certain cities that don't have access to major league games. I mean, 
I don't know what else to say other than a lot of this is Major League Baseball's own creation of what they have done. Um, to touch on Aaron Judge and why, we, why he hasn't hit 61 yet, there is something you just said that might have uh, sparked an issue because McGuire wasn't being pushed by Maris. McGuire's being pushed by Sosa. Maris wasn't being pushed by Ruth. Maris was being pushed by Mantle. There was a home run race in 61. There was a home run race in 98. This is just a solo run for Aaron Judge, and he's battling against a ghost. Mark McGuire had Sammy Sosa. He could see Sammy Sosa. He see him on the other side of the field. In fact, 62 home run, the 62nd home run was hit against the Cubs at home. He picked, I remember when McGuire picked up Sosa like he was a, a you know, a piece of like, I don't know, an empty paper bag. It was like, it was like, it was like, like he was lifting a bat filled with cork. It was that like, easy. Sammy Sosa was like 270 pounds of solid muscle and McGuire accidentally, like, remember when he picked up his kid? He actually threw his kid onto the moon by accident. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I, I really do. I, I think you've got a valid point in that we watch sports for competition uh, and, and even golf. Golf has set themselves up in a way. Golf is doing so much better than Major League Baseball is at pro, uh, marketing their product. 100%. So much better. Completely agreed. They are better at it. Golf also on championship Sundays does what they can to pair up the guys that are going to be fighting each other. Uh, if, if if you ran golf tournaments where everybody just kind of went out there randomly, you'd have a lot of golf tournaments where the guy with a four-stroke lead coming down the pipe is basically just, you're just watching a guy finish a recreational round of golf, but they do everything they can so that on Sunday, the guy that's one stroke up is watching the guy that's one stroke down tee mm -hmm. off. And you mm -hmm. know that even though it's you against the course, he knows what, what what's happening here. So a judge doing it by himself is probably a little bit to blame, but my thought would be at a day and age where I get told constantly, you know, baseball is doing everything they can to help the offense. They took a little bit off the ball. They got rid of the sticky stuff so that we would get more runs, more runs, more runs at a point in history where a guy is trying to go be more uh, is going to be responsible for more individual runs off the dish than anybody else in the history of the game asterisk uh i would think that there would be more around this and and i don't know if it's baseball i don't know if it's the fans or i don't know if it's the fans because of baseball and i would be not shocked to learn that it was any one of those three i bet it's a combination of all three can i give you an example one last thing to touch on on this as you know, I've been co I've been co-hosting the FS1 Morning Show, the Carton Show, and please check us out 7 a.m. to 9:30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time uh, on FS1. It's a blast, and we have a great time doing it. But last week we had Packers Hall of Famer Greg Jennings on. Greg Jennings co-hosted the entire week. Awesome guy, just an awesome dude. And I remember during a commercial break, I saw a pitch breakdown of Merrill Kelly's fastball to his slider by Pitching Ninja. And as you know, Pitching Ninja on Twitter has these great overlaps. The problem is Pitching Ninja puts out better content.
than Major League Baseball. And that's a problem. But I was showing the tunneling and overlap videos of the breakdown between Merrill Kelly's fastball and his curveball or slider, however you want to describe it. And I showed it to Greg Jennings and I showed the point where the balls are tunneling at the same spot and then showing the break off when it gets to about, you know, 30 feet towards home plate. And Greg just sat there and was like, I have never seen that before. That is unbelievable. How is that possible to even hit that? I said, borderline, it's not. He's like, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I said, I know. Don't you think Major League Baseball should do something like that all the time? Because you're really seeing some things that the game doesn't show you. You're not seeing how difficult this game is unless Major League Baseball literally shows it to you. And there are yeah. people on the internet who better do a better job of it than Major League Baseball. And that is a problem because, Rob, you and I love baseball more than people who work in baseball. That's a problem. It is. It is. You know, we've 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 had discussions before about other sports. And, uh, you know, you, you and I, you and I have talked a lot of wrestling in the past. And one thing that that bugs me in the world of wrestling is when you see a lot of folks running wrestling that you can tell don't really love the business and you mm -hmm. it, it ends up being taken over uh and it negatively impacts it i i agree with the thing about baseball i'll tell you what uh what i saw uh preseason this year as a matter of fact or sorry preseason last year that drove more people to tune into a preseason baseball game and tweet about it than i've ever seen during a live game, a Braves uh, preseason game, they mic'd up Freddie Freeman in real time. Mm -hmm. And I know that this would not necessarily work in the regular season and players wouldn't want to do it. But in the preseason, they mic'd up Freddie. They had Smoltzy, and I believe they brought in Chipper Jones at the time. And the three of these guys were having a conversation while Freddie was playing baseball, down to and including Freddie, like, hey, Chipper, what pitch are you looking for here? And Chipper calling the correct pitch, and Freddie got a single off of it. It was really engaging because you heard the guys talking about the game, but actually about the game, right? And, and mm -hmm. that's, I guess, to go back to what I said a minute ago, that's what frustrates me when I sit down on a Saturday morning pre-football season, and I've got – five hours to wax my legs, eat some Vegemite and watch baseball. <clears throat> it bugs me when I tune in and what you are giving me is, and I understand you got to make personalities out of your guys, right? Like you've got to push individual players because the new age sports fan, they love individual players maybe more than they do teams to some degree. So you got to promote the Ronald Acuna's and the pre 2022 Fernando Tatis juniors, et cetera. But when I tune in and you could give me the look you just talked about, about let us give you a batter's POV of what a Merrill Kelly fastball versus breaking ball looks like, or here is how fast a Spencer Strider cutter actually looks and, and give you a POV of it. Instead, I got Ronnie talking about what color cleats he's wearing this weekend, right? Like that. That doesn't engage me. That doesn't help. But me. I, I, I'm not against that. But no, you got to give either. me the, uh, you got to give me the other stuff too. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying is, it felt like it was always that. It felt like every Saturday when I tune in, it was like three hours of social media influencers talking about the, 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 you know, the, the newest cleat color or whatever. And then they go, okay, now let's take you live to the first pitch. I'm like, I don't even know the schedule, and it's my yeah, job, right? Like, you're making, that's a big problem. Yeah, you're making the game of baseball the most boring part of the game. And that is 
That's Major League Baseball's own fault. There's nothing else to say. That's Major League Baseball's fault that they are they have made the game the least important thing. Like, well, we're wearing see we're we're not as stuffy. Guys can wear colored shoes now. You're missing the point. You're missing the point and until I mean, it's like I have to figuratively beat you over the head with a tack hammer until you until you get it. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to take you through the slate of games real quick and so much more right here on BetMGM MLB Podcast powered by BetQL. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to BetMGM MLB Podcast powered by BetQL. Cody Decker and Rob Brown sitting in for Ryan Horvat. Ryan, of course, uh, just having a meeting today. He's perfectly healthy. He'll be back on the show on the next show. But I love having Rob Brown on, my co-host of Bet for the Cycle on the BetQL Network. Maybe, dare I say, the greatest live gambling baseball television slash uh, internet slash radio show you'll ever hear. Not See. maybe. You do indeed dare say. I do. Uh, I, I am. I am. I will have the people know uh, that that I have already, and I'm not kidding when I say this. For the last two weeks, called the VP of BetQL mm-hmm. every day. To make sure he knows that we want that show to come back next year. Guess who has a phone call with BetQL this week? And it might be brought up by me, most likely. (laughs) I mean, I mean, listen, just send me the number. I'm just going to conference call in and just every now and then whisper into the phone. Bring Matt back for the cycle. Every single time there. Well, let's talk about tonight's slate of games. Before we do this, of course, it was at the top of the rundown. We didn't get to it. Congratulations to Albert Pujols. One of four in the history of Major League Baseball, 700 home runs. It's almost, I mean, if you really sit around thinking about it, I mean, I played 11 years of professional baseball. I'm known to be the real life Crash Davis. I broke records for hitting home runs. I hit 210. Like, he hit 700. 700. That's just, man, Albert Pujols, one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, if there is a Mount Rushmore of power hitters, you have to say he's up there. And I'm just so glad he had something over Alex Rodriguez. All right, tonight's sl- <laughs> slate of ball games. By the way, uh, real quick, can I, can I say this real quick? Yeah. Albert Pujols has made it uh, to the top tier of, of Rob Brown fandom. There is a, there is a level of fandom, uh, and the ultimate level of fandom in the Rob Brown universe is, I don't want to meet you, right? I don't want to meet you in person. Because I like you so much and I'm such a big fan that I'm afraid that if I meet you, that mm-hmm. mystique is going to be ruined. And oh, I will lose... don't meet your heroes this year. Yes, yeah. I will lose that fan image. There's only like a handful of athletes that have made it into that echelon from not on my teams that have made it to that echelon of I hope I say this with as much love and respect and reverence because I am a gigantic fan of Albert Pujols. I hope I never meet Albert Pujols. That's how much I love that guy. I have never met Albert Pujols. I do not share that sentiment. I have a feeling he's going to be just as lovely as I built him up in my head. Thus, we're going to be gold. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about some ball games real quick. Let's talk about your your uh, Braves taking on another ball game against the Nationals. Hey, maybe it's going to be like you said. Ozzy Albies gets his warm-up game before taking it to the rest of the season. Um, what do you feel about this game? Yesterday, I played the Braves on the alternate run line, and it came up huge. Now, I wasn't expecting a six-hit complete game shutout, but I got it anyways, so thank you for that. Um, really, quite frankly, it's Braves-Nationals. If you're not looking at the alternate run line, there's really nothing to look at here. And, of course, if I'm going to look to play any props, I will always look at uh, Austin Riley. 
Yeah, no, I'm not mad about that. I mean, the bad news is you got Mueller coming up on the mound for the Braves, which is the weak spot on this rotation. If there's one guy that you get threatened by, it's here. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 I don't like I don't I don't like playing games based on where I think the team's mentality should be. The mentality Brian Snicker should be in the locker room right now, telling these guys perfection is the goal. We cannot lose sure. another game if we want, or or at least no more than one. If we want to get that two seed, but Kyle Muller's a guy that in his last three outings has like a 10 ERA. So if there's a day the Braves are going to drop one, today's that day. I don't love the alternate line. I'm glad to see the bats woke up because they went to sleep there for a little while. And we talked about it. The Braves are one of the streakiest hitting teams in all of Major League Baseball have been all year long. I don't know that I like it enough to play it mainly because the only thing that tells me the Braves win this game by a margin high enough to risk the alternate run line is the fact that they, they, they need playoff spots, but they've been this way for about six weeks now and just can't seem to get over that last little hump to catch the Mets. So I, I, you maybe could talk me into the alternate run line, but if, if anybody but Mueller was going, I'd feel much better about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Yankees, Blue Jays. Blue Jays got the win last night, of course, and if Jaron Judge still sitting on number 60. What do you think about this ball game? Um, the Blue Jays, I'm not going to lie to you. I think the Blue Jays are trying to make a point. They're trying to prove a point. I think they want to be looked at as the actual team to look out for in the AL East come this October, especially you saw the walk-off hit by Vladdy Jr. yelling into the camera, into the crowd, this is my house, letting everybody <laughs> know that Aaron Judge ain't the dude today. Um, I, I don't know. I'm starting to dig what the Blue Jays are putting out there. I am too. You know, you've, you, you have been back and forth on Toronto. I have. I really been- – because they're so, so damn streaky. They are. You you called them the shiny new toy to open the season that the luster would wear off. Then midseason, you're like, hey, that's pretty good. And then it was back to, ah, they're not there. And now it's back to, which is which is great, which is great because I am enjoying watching Toronto. Uh, walk-off win last night. Uh, Jamison Talon is a win away from tying his career high in victories. He's 3-2 and two against the Jays. So, uh I don't know, man. The, the the Blue Jays are interesting. I think all the focus on the Yankees obviously is on Aaron Judge right now. Mm-hmm. And nobody's talking about a Blue Jays team that is trying to get the top wild card spot and more importantly, prevent themselves from potentially having to go to Houston and that opening series. I like the Blue Jays. I don't love the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Not enough that I'm playing this one today, but uh, I, I I don't know. It's another one of those games. I could probably be talked into going either direction. Jose Barrios has been good enough. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I really have a lean in this ballgame one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Me neither, to be honest. If anything, I might look to play the Blue Jays on the money line. But outside of that, I think I'm just going to enjoy this as a fan. See if Aaron Judge can get number 61. I'm, I'm hoping to get 61 in Toronto, and I'd like him to hit 62 in um, New York. However... 
maybe we get one of those things. Maybe once he hits 61 and 62, it's going to be like he once he got the baby out, the rest of the kittens are going to go ahead and pop out the way McGuire did. No, no, seriously, McGuire all of a sudden was sticking sticking on a certain number. Yeah, you heard what I said. Once you get no, the no, first yeah, baby no, out, it's, the it's, rest of the babies go. Once you get the baby out, then the rest of the kittens come out, is what I'm, you said. I'm only speaking metaphorically as a dog or a cat having a litter of kittens or a litter of puppies. What's in that? What's what? What's in that dope protein shake there, Mister Muscles? This actually is a good old fashioned. Uh, <laughs> what's worse is this is horrible protein. It's vegan protein. It was all I can get my hands on, so it's like plant protein. So it's exceedingly bitter. So so so. The secret to showing out in my celebrity softball game in three weeks is drink vegan protein powder. I wouldn't suggest it. It's gross. It is. It is so gross. It's it's supposed to be vanilla. On the rankings of things that you and I ate and drank over the course of the last three months. I'd have this as every meal going forward. No problem. I'm just telling you this is dirt. I, and I'm and I'm happily drinking it before I eat anything Vegemite ever again. Uh, Orioles, Red Sox, let's be honest, at this point in the season, do you care? Do you have any bets on it? Because I don't. No, nah, not really. I, I, I do hate that the – we had so much fun with the Orioles for a they while. Were there, right? they, they were fun. They were fun. We had so much fun with the Orioles. And then reality set in. It's a yeah. and again, it's much like Seattle. I think a team that in two or three years from now we're gonna go. They built a hell of a foundation to continue to get better off of, but they've just fallen off a little bit. I I'm the only thing I'm likely playing this game is I might play the under in this game because I think it said it at, at either nine or nine and a half when I saw this morning. I might run the under in this game because both teams have slowed off, but I I I I don't think I'm going either way. Um, let's take a look at the Rays versus the Guardians. This is actually an interesting matchup. However, they are playing in Cleveland. If they were playing in Tampa, I'd be more inclined to play the uh, Tampa Bay Rays in this game, but I'm not feeling comfortable really playing the Guardians today. Uh, this is a stay away game for me, to be honest with you. No, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I know Cleveland is on a heater right now where they won seven in a row. They've clinched the division. Uh, I don't know how much better they can do those, so I'm not. They really... already secured their seed, is the thing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't feel comfortable playing them going forward, to be quite honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I have a lean uh, in this game one way or the other. I mean, Shane Bieber's been good for the Guardians, but I also think you're kind of in a spot now where you could look, and some of these guys are going to get in three, maybe four innings because everything's locked in. There's no sense in dog tiring them with two weeks before the playoffs. So I'll probably stay away from this one just because there's not a lot of impact to be made. So you'll wonder what decisions might get made that impact the run line more than you'd like it to. Mariners, I'm sorry, not Mariners, Marlins, Mets. Um, I'm concerned for the Mets. They're facing Pablo Lopez uh, in their first game coming off, and they have to win. They don't, they don't like kind of need to win. They need to sweep this series, quite frankly, because they got the Braves coming in very soon and they need to maintain this one game lean. Not to mention, maybe hopefully gain a game. The Marlins have not won a series against the Mets this season. The Mets, on the other hand, understand that. They may not have to be perfect, but they do have to be a half game better than Atlanta throughout the rest of the way. 
uh, and they understand that these Braves games, especially with their series wrapping up over the next two days against the Nationals, the Braves get a bit of a head start, even if the Mets do catch the Nats after that three-game series. Either way, both of these teams play tonight. Both of these teams play Thursday. I think they – and then obviously we start the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series in Atlanta. They're going to want to carry some momentum into that series because the mm-hmm. only disaster for New York would be to go to Atlanta on a cold streak and drop two or three of the three. Uh, I'm probably going Mets money line today. I don't know, or excuse me, Mets run line today. I don't know that I'm teasing it up. I think I'm probably happy just to take the the line. I actually have not seen what the number is attached to that, and that's because I'm a bad, ill-prepared host. I really blame hating ass Mario because so he asked me like 10 minutes before this show started if I would jump in and do it. What a jerk. I know. Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm. Uh, let's see. Mets on the run line are actually plus one of five. I'm getting plus money to take the Mets on the run line. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. I like it. I like it. What about the Cardinals Brewers? You got Mike versus Hauser. I know you're a Hauser guy, even though he's got a five ERA. Michaelis, good year, man. Three, three, five. Um, I'm looking to play the uh, Cardinals here today, even though the Cardinals have secured their spot and the Brewers are fighting for their lives. I'm going cards. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to agree with you on that one. Hauser is actually 289 ERA through the last four starts, but he hasn't made it out of the fifth inning yet, which means mm-hmm. that you're going to get an opportunity to go up against an okay back half there. Uh, I'm probably going to follow you on the Cardinals on this one. Let's make these next couple ones very simple. Phillies, Cubs, Wheeler, Stroman, Phillies, run line. Don't really think, uh, I highly doubt you're going to give me something different. Correct. <laughs> okay, White Sox twins. No person in their right mind would put a bet on this game, no matter what. So I'm staying away. I'm assuming you're the same. Uh, 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 correct. D-backs versus Astros. There's absolutely no value on the money line. And Zach Davies is pitching. Fade Davies Day here again. Obviously, not only do you got to look at the Astros on the run line, you probably actually got to look at them on the alternate run line. And if you play anything else, you're crazy. Yeah, no, I, 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 I absolutely am going alternate run line on this one. The D-backs are three and eight in their last 11, and there's no indication that anything is getting better. A's versus Angels, Caprillion versus Sandoval. Let's be real clear here. No one pitching is named Otani, so I ain't betting the game. What about you? <laughs> you know, there were about five tropes that opened up this year on our show together that I'm glad are still alive. And hate the Angels except on Shohei Day is one of them. Mm -hmm. Love it. Dodgers-Padres. This is actually an interesting game. What do you think? It It is an interesting game, predominantly because of what you said about the Padres earlier and the fact that this is a team that is still very much making a run at a wild card spot and also a relative disaster at this point. They're sending Blake Snell out. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm leaning pretty heavy towards the Dodgers. I don't know that I'm walking it back up. The Padres have been not good post the Soto. Tri- By the way, how did they get, and I know Fernando didn't come back. How did they get Bell and Soto and then get worse? How is that a thing? I, 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 I don't know. I'll never know. 
I'll never know. By the way, this Dodgers Padre game is a stay away game for me, even though Anderson's on the mound. He's got a 2 5 ERA. Blake Snell's been really good for this second half, and he's been sneaky, really good this second half. It, I mean, it was Blake's, it, it, Blake Snell was becoming Patrick Corbin. I'm very glad he's no longer Patrick Corbin. So I'm, uh, this is a stay away game for me, to be quite honest with you, because obviously no value on the money line for the Dodgers. And I'm actually not comfortable playing the Dodgers on the run line today. I actually agree with you with the one little caveat that's eating at me that might make me jump on the Dodgers is that Blake Snell has been better in the second half, except against the Dodgers, where the last two starts he's given up better than five runs both times. He is getting mashed by the Dodgers in the second half. Everybody else he's been great against except LA. So I I might sprinkle the Dodgers on the money line in this one. Uh, again, it's, it's not, it's not the greatest number. I'm not super thrilled with it, but I might sprinkle the Dodgers. In fact, let me go pull that number for you. Um, I mean, minus one Oh seven, that might be worth a little bit of a look. If you're just looking to play something. Mm -hmm. Well, last game that I think we should talk about Rangers Mariners, the team we both love. Robbie Ray on the mound. I'm taking a strikeout prop on Robbie Ray. I think Robbie Ray is going to dominate today. And I do think the Mariners is going to catch up with one of the teams in the AL East to get the second wild card spot. Because I think, quite frankly, they might need it. Yeah, I mean, look, the Rangers at this point are basically just trying to get to the end of the year and reset. Seattle is the favorite in this one. And it's exactly 0% shocking at this one. Um I, but I, I don't I don't love the game to fall on it. I don't necessarily. I think I'll probably bet the over because I think you're going to get some runs marching around for Seattle. I just don't know what Texas is going to do on the flip side. Uh, it's one of those that I nothing jumped at me, but I could probably be talked into playing it. Yeah, well, I you know you can be talked into having an amazing podcast with Cody Decker and Rob Brown, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Bet and GM Emily podcast powered by BetQL. Another fun show. We went through a full slate of games. We gave you our playoff thoughts. The future is looking bright. We think Major League Baseball should be the most exciting sport in the world. And you know who else should think that? Major League Baseball. One day they'll get there. One day they'll get on our level, Rob Brown. Where can people find you, Rob? Uh, they can find me in misery at the fact that everything you just said is true and major league baseball <laughs> when you are ready to hire cody decker and i to be your chief fun officers we will make baseball great again you can find me on all the social medias at the rob brown show on twitter on facebook on instagram uh, if you'd like to check out more of my broadcasting work you can go to thefanupstate.com thefanupstate.com and all of our podcasts of every single show are right there at the top of the page uh hey Happy baseball season. I'm glad to be back with Cody Decker. My life, my week is complete. I'm going to go take a nap. Guys, this has been BetMGM MLB Podcast powered by BetQL. Like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And, of course, the Odyssey app itself. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Decker6. Tune in to the Carton Show on FS1 to see your boy doing things. All right, that's it for us. Like, share, and subscribe. That's it. Beat it. Later. <laughs>